Hey fam, it's AAA, and we're back with a special mini-sode of Bring a Friend. We're taking you behind the scenes on season one to some of the moments that have stuck with us long after those conversations have ended. If you caught the full season, you probably already have some insights into the interviews that truly changed our perspectives and the takeaways that touch us the most. And if you're new to our listener crew, welcome. (laughs) It's a diggity delight to have you with us. These next few clips will give you a tiny taste of the amazingness that awaits should you make the excellent decision to binge all 10 episodes of our first season. Let's do this. Hi, it's Anne. Love the fact that we're doing these flashbacks on the great conversations we had during uh, season one of Bring a Friend. So many things stand out to me. I loved the conversation with Miss Tina about how to be your own independent person and rise above and uh, raise strong daughters and innovate and create new life chapters. But I got to tell you, the conversation with Vicki Sai is still sticking with me. I think the thing that was most meaningful to me was how she was willing to be so vulnerable. I mean, her business was built out of tragedy of 9-11, where her husband got sick and she was the caregiver, and it was uh, really formed when she went out to solve her own uh, problem of having a lot of skin issues that weren't getting resolved, that were sort of embarrassing, and she wanted to change. And then when she got into her story and talked about how hard it was to build a business and how she suffered from imposter syndrome and how the more successful she got, the more the system uh, was sort of against her being the leader. And, you know, as one of the women who is at the helm of one of the biggest beauty brands in the world that she built, that she crafted herself to say... I felt like a fake and I felt like I wasn't good enough and I worried whether I could do it or not do it. I felt like, yes, we all feel that way. No matter how successful we are, no matter where we are in this stage of life, to be able to say it was hard and I should have done things differently and I'm mad at myself for not sticking up to myself and I felt like I wasn't good enough, but now I know I am. What a fabulous message. Let's take a flashback and listen to this. This, uh, an excerpt from this amazing conversation with the one and only Vicky Sai of Tatcha. And I am disappointed with myself for letting it get under my skin um, because even though I had founded this company and you know, scaled it to become uh, a leader in the industry you know, with a heart and a soul and it was a successful business. And the second that he said, you need a real CEO, I believed him. And mm. um, when I asked, did you, did you find out something that, that made you think I have to get a real CEO? Cause I'm not one. Cause we had just in three sixties too. And my leadership scores were off the charts and he mm. wouldn't give me an answer. And he just said, if your ego is so big that you need to hold on to this job and you're willing wow. to hurt the company for it, that we can have that conversation. Igniting wow. the imposter wow. syndrome right there. That match just got lit. Totally. So um, I was embarrassed and um, we hired a new CEO and a new COO, CFO in one. And I stepped into um, a non-operating innovation role 
And then we sold the company to Unilever um, about nine months later. And uh, that was two years ago. And uh, my husband and I were asked to step back in and lead the company seven weeks ago um, because those execs uh, left. So we are now newly running the company again as CEO and COO. Um, and it's within a very new context, but we're grateful because Unilever is, is actually an amazing, amazing parent company. Um, and we're grateful to be with them during these difficult times. But to your question about <laughs> how are we, how are we doing? How are you this? Faring, yeah. yeah. And then the day that my husband had to take over with me too, he got COVID. So, um, oh, gosh. it's, it's quite a lot. Yeah. Well, it's galvanizing the power of women and philanthropy to create, you know, the greatest impact for women and girls around the world, but also learning those lessons of those geishas. Like in some ways it's coming right back, right? Because if you think about the like unimaginable triumph um, of a group of feminists for generations, it's the geisha. It is, and um, I will say I've learned so much from Japan, whether it's from Zen or just the cultural philosophies around resilience altogether, that I think to myself, you know, we can either look at the situation as, oh, you know, how unfortunate, and P.S., you really made a mistake two years ago (laughs) when you guys stepped (laughs) away, or we can turn around and say, what a beautiful opportunity to get to come back as founders and ensure that we... We learned our lessons and that uh, the company can be set up for the next hundred years if we take those lessons learned and use those to solidify the foundation of the company for the future. Um, You know, Vicki, mm -hmm. I am just uh, sorry. I'm still boiling over here. Um, (laughs) Anna's seeing red over the corner. I am so (laughs) pissed off at the moment. And And I'll tell you why. Because... I had a very similar situation where I was running a company, the last company that I ran, when with my recurrence of my cancer, I had to um, say to my boss, hey, I know it's the recession and you need me, but I have to take a couple weeks off and have surgery. And he said, eh, I'm going to have someone else run the company. And I was so devastated by his lack of belief in me and my lack of belief in myself because I was at an exceptionally vulnerable Mm -hmm. point as someone who was a single parent at at the time Mm -hmm. and was unhealthy that I didn't fight for myself at the time. I just assumed that he must know something that I didn't know and Mm -hmm. be right. And, and I, you know, I, while I don't like fights and I don't like publicizing negativity Mm -hmm. and I'm really about figuring out what's next Mm -hmm. rather than, leaning on the past I'm hearing your story and I have that same regenerated anger that someone could say and 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 we as women could sort of accept that we might not be as good as we've already proven we are I'm so glad that you said that Anne I I've been struggling with the same thing and it's very current for me um because you know the leaders who are not with the company anymore when they left, um, we were so good to them, nothing but mm. kind and supportive. And if, if they wanted to go, um, you know, take another run at it and see if they can hit a home run again, good for them. I have no, I have no concern about that whatsoever. But one of them on his way out, went out of his way to tell my parent company that the business is too complex for me to understand 
that I'm intimidated by this other white man who he thinks is smarter than me. Um, mm. I'm the same way where on one hand, I think I don't want to dwell in the past. I don't want to dredge up stuff with people. I don't, I don't want that to become part of the narrative. I'd rather focus on what I could have done differently, what I can learn from this and how I want to evolve as a person. But I'm finding the desire to share the story very transparently, even though I'm in it right now, because I don't want other women to fall prey to that. And so it's happened to me twice now. First when I hired them and then while they mm. when they quit, still saying on the when way out. When they tried out. to have the last word on the way out. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and like nobody hurt you. Why why would yeah, you do that? Self-doubt and imposter sim- syndrome really permeates <clears throat> the workplace, but I think it comes out of ego and fear from others. And I think if you bottle that like if you take that and and supercharge it as Anna's done with Parlay House mm-hmm. and as you've done is taking the realm of Tatcha back and doubling down on your commitment philanthropically like you've you've shifted the power dynamic you don't have to play the same game oh you're so right and one of the things that I've learned from Zen which I love is the concept of non-duality that there's no good things or bad things they're just things and so mm-hmm. rather than me assigning this negative value to these experiences um I'm trying to think, okay, so what's the positive in this? And I, I thought the first time around, I was willing to step down because despite a track record of success, I, I obviously had imposter syndrome. I was worried that a decade of, of track record somehow wasn't enough to prove that I could run my own company. But then, you know, because I did bring in two people who were considered um, some of the best in our industry, and I watched them for two years operate. And then now, you know, I stepped in and and I'm fixing it, what I realize is um, I never had any reason to have imposter syndrome. And so I'm more confident Mm. now than I have ever been in my career. Um, Mm. And I'm able to channel that back into um, supporting my company, my employees, particularly my female employees, our community of um, friends and clients around who are struggling with their own kind of visions for their career with all the stuff that COVID has put disproportionately on women. So I, I intend to use whatever little platform I have to, to take the lessons learned in this and, and hopefully empower other women. Hey, it's Adamika. Ah, the chance to reflect on our season um, is such an honor and such a gift. Um, and it was really hard for me to choose um, just one. I mean, I had so many favorites. I loved all of the emotional swings and the learnings and the inspiration that came from our season. And most people who know me know that I'm pretty decisive, but um, I'm going to choose two favorites. Um, but I will say one of the things I love the most about bring a friend, what it was truly bringing a friend. I got to share with folks, people that I love and that are so important in my life, um, and got to meet, um, you know, people who Anne really loved and they're at the center of her life as well. And that is just so pivotal and important as a part of the ethos of this podcast. So I'm going to start with Anne. 
Anne just exudes power and grace and gives me so much hope for our future. Um, these are our young change makers, the people who see an idea and take on the world and, and really take a small idea like the Ochre Project and really transform lives. And that to me is so amazing. I think that uh, there are lots of like coded words that we use to describe like black and queer and marginalized bodies. And I think mm. you know, we're not a risk. We're, we're a rich, vibrant community who is actively contributing to shaping, you know, this culture. Like you can see our influence everywhere, yeah. but it's just that you have, you have, unfortunately it's been hidden and hit like, and tucked away. But to be clear, we're dying. Right. Like, I mean, to be, yeah, to be clear, like, we're the ones transgender, gender nonconforming people, black women like we're dying. We're the majority of people, both black and Latinx folks. We're the ones that are dying of COVID. We're dying of like just violence, like just mm-hmm. being fatally shot and killed. And so I think that our, what our organization hopes to do is to take the experience of like going to a therapist, mm. take the experience of like having a private chef take the experience of just being able to, you know, oh, in a global pandemic, receive like funding to help you support your life, your life and making those things as available as possible, you know, and to give our people what we need and to make and to remove the red tape that often exists in getting it. The other person I'm going to choose, of course, is my barrier breaker. (laughs) Um, Amy Allison, who is a dear and deep friend Um, and who I've watched on this leadership journey um, from her running for city council to the little seeds that turned into this amazing resistance movement of She the People and um, allowing for collective voice uh, for women of color. And something that um, I saw over the course of this, this last election um, cycle. I found myself in virtual Zoom rooms with women, <laughs> with women who had been, um, you know, Southern women who organize their communities that have been for decades, yep. um, who were the, 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 they're the deepest and staunchest believers in equality, freedom, and democracy. They would do anything to fight for the rights of people, all people. Because they, they fought really hard for those know. rights, right? Like, I mean, Yeah, or their yeah. parents or grandparents or they have a yeah. legacy. It is a faith, though. That phrase, a politics we have not yet seen, is something that I said when I launched the organization in, uh, in San Francisco in 2018. And it is true that those who suffer the most, there's something that can emerge from that suffering, not always, but it, it can which is a deep belief in what could be. And perhaps it's, it's like, um, uh, and you know, I've, I've just seen it so many times where people haven't been handed something. They can't take it for granted. They have to uh, fight and insist on their place to be respected, their basic humanity, you know? Mm-hmm. And it becomes, it then, then the character of a person who faces those conditions, many women of color face those condi- conditions, because, be, can become someone who's attuned to suffering, who's, um, 
who, who sees humanity, not only for their own people or family, but for other people, who feels a, a commitment or responsibility to serve. I mean, I, I recently was thinking, you know, who are the patriots of the country? Who stood up against fascism, an open call to su- suppress votes, open call um, uh, for racism and violence? Who, who stood up clearly? And it was uh, many, many women of color who uh, themselves weren't rich, uh, had no spoon, you know, weren't born with a spoon in their mouth, but, uh, but had the courage. And they showed the rest of the country how to have that courage. And so because I saw it personally, because I, uh, that's the movement, that there's, there's thousands. It's not just Stacey Abrams. It is thousands and thousands of women who do these amazing things. I can't believe I have to pick only one conversation from the last season. Whew! But I did it. I'm super excited to share this clip with you. It is from my girl, Ashley Longshore. <laughs> no surprise that I felt super personally connected to her story that went through so many amazing things with a lens of positivity, being your own best friend, never giving up on yourself. Um, But more importantly, the fact that even though you have all of those tools inside of you to keep you going and to keep yourself on an authentic track where you get to be yourself no matter what, she talks about having hard days too. Even positive people, they have hard days. I have hard days. I think that's so important to talk about and to talk about how that's a part of who we are and all of those things that make us different Um, are the things that make us special. And ultimately, that's what leads you to success. You know, whatever that means for you, you're going to get it by being yourself, supporting yourself, and loving the ride all the way there. So here she comes, Miss Ashley Longshore, in the way that only she can tell you. Enjoy. But I I, I think... You know, when I talk to to my female mentors and in any business, the idea is that you never give up on yourself. And I know that may sound cliche and I know it may sound like bullshit, but I'm going to tell you, if you can't wake up in the morning and be your own best friend and give yourself a pep talk and be able to be the person to get yourself out of bed and get yourself motivated and ambitious or ambitious or whatever yes, you want to do. You know, <laughs> you're 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 never you're never going to get to where you want to go. And and th- that's the thing. I'm the only person I spend every second of my life with. Mm. If I beat myself up, if I tell myself the reasons why I'm not going to be successful, why I can't do something, that energy is just going to pull me down. So, you know, now more than ever, especially considering what we're going through, you know, with the pandemic and the recession and all of all these things that are happening, people's mental health, you know, now more than ever, we really have to find a way to pump ourselves up, feel good about ourselves, have that positivity about ourselves, about the people we surround ourselves with, about our country, our future. You know, I really feel like I've done that through every period of my career so far, but now, and maybe it's just my mental state today because I just feel worn down, but I just, I feel like now more than ever, those little things that got me the success that I have right now, I've got to go back to that mm. and really, really give myself those pep talks because, 
You know, yeah. I, I believe in the American. I believe in the American dream. I believe that you can work as hard as you want, and you can have the life that you want in this do country. People, do people push back on you for being your own best um, supporter, advocate? I mean, I think women are given a pretty hard time if we express too much self-confidence and, you know, self-agency. Do you feel that? I mean, I, you know, if if somebody doesn't like it, they can, you know, not follow me on Instagram. They don't have to come to the art show. I'm certainly not trying to be Lester Holt or Nora O'Donnell. Or, <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that's the thing. I'm, uh, I mean, I would love to be Nora O'Donnell. I adore her, and I also am a huge fan of Lester Holt. But it, I, I, I'm not the evening news. Yeah. I, I'm an artist. Yep. And I have a job to do, and, and I can only be me. And... Um, you know, I try to put out a, a energy of, um, you know, go, go out there and get it. Yes. You know, there's, there's, there's no cap on how much money you can make. And there's nothing like being independent, being able to make your own decisions. You know, if, if you do that, you can live where you want. You can love who you want. You can buy what you want. And to me, that is freedom. You can also help who you want. Oh, 100%. love to hear a little bit about your roadmap to success with role models. Who were they? Who are they? Wow. Um, I, 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 I have a lot. <laughs> I feel like I've, I've accumulated them, um, over, over my career. Um, I have one in particular was very impactful on me. Her name is Fran Hauser. And um, she she was actually um, the head of Time Magazine and their lifestyle. Um, she 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 ran this huge um, oh my god a venture capital firm all for female run businesses. Mm. She was uh, responsible for selling a- AOL like she. But what was she's very very accomplished incredible woman. But if I had to tell you the greatest thing about her, is that. When I knew I was going to have lunch with her for the first time, I was so nervous. I met her in New York City. Um, I thought, oh, my God, like, I know she's going to be wicked scary. Like, you know, I'm this, like, southern girl. I, I, I hope that I can, you know, hold my own. I'm going to give it my all. The thing that stood out to me about her the most is that she is, was at that lunch, the most engaging, mm. kind, energetic, passionate woman. And she was really the first person that I had met that, that had all of this massive success on her own that, and I'm like, wow, you don't have to be a bitch yes. to be successful <laughs> out there. And, and I think, um, you know, I think the world has changed a lot for women in business. And I think we realize we, we, we don't have to tear each other down to have the opportunities and to get to where we want to, uh, in the business world. Yes, there are so many other incredible takeaways from our conversations. If you haven't already, 
check out the rest of season one to hear Mistress H, our friend the dominatrix, mm. Nana Ahmad, yes. the bad Mama Jamma, and Karin oh, Luna Ostaseski, the scotch maker. They have amazing stories to tell about their lives and the events that made them the fabulous women they are today. We've got more Bring a Friend coming to you soon. Keep your ear out for our new trailer and the launch of season two. But until then, you can find more of us at our website, bringafriendpodcast.com and on Instagram. We're at Bring a Friend Podcast. Yep, we're living life out loud. We can't wait to share more friendship highs with all of you. See you in the next season of Bring a Friend. And in the meantime, shout out your favorite episodes with a few friends of your own. If it seems life is heavy, just pull up a seat. I've been looking for someone to me. I've got stories I can talk about. Bring a Friend was produced by us, Triple A, with a whole lot of help from our all-girl superstar team, Eliza Mills and Daisy Palacios. Our delightful music and theme song were created by the talented duo Exes, fronted by Ali McDonald. Learn more and get in touch at bringafriendpodcast.com. <laughs>